midfielder. Can he tee up someone in red? And it goes towards Lundgren! Hello and welcome to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand and I have our co-hosts, uh, Matt Hartgrove. Hey, hey there. And Logan <laughs> Stump. Like, you, Wait a minute, am I second now because the city's downfall? Like, is this... Yeah, you're not in the top three, so we had, I got to, we had to boot yeah. you. Yeah, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't ready. Logan normally goes <laughs> first and then I can prepare my... my uh, I know, but I was thinking about that mid-sentence, which <laughs> okay. is why it sounded weird, is that... I was like, I always go Logan first. I'm going to have to switch this up right now and go with Matt first. Um, oh, I didn't think it, it would throw already. everything off, but it did. Um, <laughs> how's it going, everybody, this week here? Um, Logan, let's start with you then to get back on track. Uh, how's your week been uh, so far? Lots of soccer or... FIFA, lots of lots of sadness. Um, recovering with with FIFA, and then um, getting into. I'm playing a career with Orlando City, so um, in FIFA, so I'm learning some MLS because my my England team is uh, in in danger of relegation. So I think that that's, <laughs> <laughs> it's all fair, really. It's all fair, but no, it's good. I have a whole week off, so I'm I'm celebrating um, by just doing absolutely nothing. Maybe you could uh, play some PlayStation 5. Oh, <laughs> That also. <laughs> yeah, I'm just on a roll this week. Well, yeah, it'll only get worse from here. Mm. Uh, Matt, how's your week been going? Any, a lot, any, uh, any fun soccer stories or no, constantly I'm, scrolling I'm the injury report? <laughs> Not, I'm not celebrating a week off nor playing a PS5, so I'm just going to continue on with my daily work and homework and occasionally watching some soccer in the middle of all of it. So pretty much nothing else going on. Just ready for Thanksgiving. I want that day off. I want the day off just to relax. I feel you there. Wednesday, I have to go into the office. But it's a short week for me. You know, Wednesday, then... Thursday and Friday off, unlike Matt. Um, Mandalorian on Friday. That. It's going to be a great week. Can you guys like not not mention how awesome it's going to be? Because I won't get to see it till like six thirty, seven p.m. And I'm very happy that I will get to watch. I'll I'll text Logan independently because let me tell you, <laughs> <laughs> these weeks where I have to go into the office and then I get a text that Logan's watching it at like eight a.m. and he's like. It's great, and I'm like, now I have to go the rest of my day knowing that. I kind of, <laughs> you know, I, I actually kind of like when 
there's a part of me that kind of makes it more exciting because I'm like, okay, well, that's good. I have something exciting to, to yeah, do at yeah. the start of my weekend. But then I'm also like, I hate you, Logan. I'm also going to text you now. It's just horrible. Don't ever watch it. It's the worst <laughs> show on Disney+. Plus. Get rid of it. No, Trash no. it. Jar Jar Binks <laughs> comes back. It's unbelievable. Uh, but this is not a Star Wars podcast. Uh, oh, this is this a... We're doing the wrong one. Sorry. Uh, this is our <laughs> soccer <Right>. podcast. <laughs> um no, that's a joke, everybody. We we didn't uh, we didn't actually think we were talking Mando here. Uh, just getting in a little bit of a warm up here as we get ready to go right into some soccer. Saturday, November twenty first, Chelsea faced Newcastle at seven thirty a.m. Uh, Ten minutes in, it's an own goal uh, by Fernandez on Newcastle to give Chelsea the lead, and then sixty five minutes in, Tammy Abraham scores to make it two nil. I guess that put Chelsea uh, technically in first. Uh, they made the obligatory uh, obligatory uh, stop the count joke. And yes. uh, uh, two teams have since passed them. Uh, so we're asking for some recounts on the goal differential and point totals there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but Logan, uh, your thoughts on Newcastle-Chelsea? Yeah, so I, I think that uh it's slowly starting to become obvious that this year is just going to be a whole lot of uh up and down for teams and i think that with chelsea i think you've got a pretty good side that is playing without pulisic which playing without tiago and and playing well and then uh, it it seems like they just keep getting guys back that are playing well sayach is really impressive he's been um at least he and Chilwell have been the most impressive i think as far as acquisitions which i thought It'd be the other two with Havertz and and Werner, but I, yeah, I, I mean think Havertz that, had missed a lot of time. Yeah, and, um, but yeah, I, I would agree. Zayek and uh, and Chilwell have been the and Mendy, obviously. Uh, right. Oh yeah, he's and he's been crucial, and and that's something that, that I would even they, throw in people like Thiago Silva, like solidifying that back line with a goalkeeper as well has changed the course of the season from that uh, what West Brom. 3-3 game when I was in Big Thunder Mountains line. <laughs> <laughs> the cue to ride Big Thunder. Right, yeah. No, but I, I do. I, I really like where Chelsea's headed, and I think that, uh, you know, I think they've got an interesting match coming up against Tottenham that'll show them exactly what's going on uh, as far as how well they stack up, because I still think, and, and we'll get there, is I, I still think Tottenham is going to challenge for a title, but I also think Chelsea is somebody that's going to sit top four and challenge for the title, especially with the way that uh, City looked, the way that Leicester played, the way that it just seems to be falling into place. I think Chelsea's got a good chance. Matt, any thoughts on Chelsea or Newcastle? Newcastle, you know, sitting in 15th, they're, you know, in that battle of relegation along with uh, Manchester City. And... uh, I know. I mean, they're 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 pretty safe right now. They're, I mean, with how bad Fulham, West Brom, and Sheffield have been. But uh, just your thoughts on Newcastle, if you have any, and uh, or Chelsea, since uh, they're kind of hot on Liverpool's tail now. Yeah, I mean, not really much with Newcastle. They they kind of looked out of it most of the game. Um, Chelsea looked impressive. Uh, they definitely look like they're kind of starting to hit their stride with everything. Maybe they're just getting used to the players maybe they're getting used to playing with each other um as compared to early in the year when you're not really sure who's going to start and you know it's 
it is kind of crazy to see how good Zayek is because I'm in agreement there with I thought he would be the one that would kind of be the oddball of the group yeah. they brought in. Um, Werner, if Werner can start finishing better, I think you're gonna. It's even better for that team. Um, he's already incredibly fast. His assist for the goal by Abraham. Um, I was watching him run, and he just literally runs through the defense. And I, w- I was like, Jesus, how fast! I didn't know how fast he was. Like I thought he was strictly like a, a up top poacher that just can score at will. And here he is running past guys at ease, and I was like, damn, he's he's got kind of like a different gear when he's running uh, forward. Um, so when everybody's healthy on that team, you know, Mendy's clearly made a difference uh, with how many clean sheets they've also been getting in a row that, you know, they definitely look dangerous. I think they're hundred percent, one of the top three, maybe top two teams right now in terms of premier league. I would in terms of how people are playing. You'd be looking at Chelsea, Tottenham and, and Liverpool as your top three teams currently. And, you know, they're showing how well they, they can play and they still have so many players that could come in with Pulisic and Havertz not even playing right now due to, I think, Havertz is COVID, I, I want to say, was the last time I remember. That's, what, yeah, it's, I think, the last update, I think. I was going to say, have. I thought his was a COVID and then, you know, Pulisic will come back and they're a dangerous team. You know, I, I think they definitely have some depth to them, which is obviously, as we see recently, a big deal with these teams as well. Um, so they're they're going to be up there all year, and I, I don't see, unless things defensively start to break down, them staying out of the, leaving probably that top three or four range. Yeah, I mean, speaking of uh, Timo Werner, like you said, if he can uh, get, get scoring, I guess, uh, his... Goal conversion rate, um, when we look at, this is back in, uh, I'm trying to see when the stat was. This was back in October, apparently. Um, I'm trying to find actual, actually, this may have been 2018. I'm trying to find, like, updated stats, and it's a very hard stat to find update, because what I've heard is that his shot conversion is not super high recently he gets a lot of chances which means he that's why he's been scoring a lot of goals because he gets gets a lot of chances he ends up putting away more of those chances but i i I just think maybe that's just who he is at this point but i'm trying to find some real stats that back that up but uh i i'm having trouble finding that i mean i guess right now this season he's at less than half a goal per 90 minutes that he plays in, in all of these competitions, it looks like, according to footystats.org. Um, you know, it, it, it's one of those things, though, where I, I do realize as a player, though, his it's very similar to Salah. Like, Salah's conversion rate's not usually the greatest because their mindset is to shoot. You know, if they have a shot, they're going to take it. So it I definitely, it seems as though he misses a few sitters that uh, someone more seasoned, or maybe, a, you know, like a Harry Kane, a Salah, or a Bamiyang, he misses some that you probably wouldn't see them miss. And that might just be either getting used to the league 
still, you know, he's already, he's only what, 24 years old. You know, he's still really young too. So it could just be something that's coming for him. Um, but I think in general, you know, it's, it's just the striker mentality to shoot when you have a shot and their conversion rates are always going to be a little iffy. It's like a kind of like a power hitter in the major league baseball don't usually have the greatest average because they're swinging for the fences over getting the base hit. Yeah, I found the conversion. Like, there's a cool site that I found. I'll send it to you guys. It's like one versus one. And it says that, like, he's below average in all conversions. Conversion on shots on goal, he's 20%. The average is 26.55. The conversion of shots inside the box, 50%. And the average is 63.24%. So, not not at the average of what most conversion rates are. And so what I found what I found too here is that last year he was finishing about just under a goal per 90 minutes. Um 0.9 goals per 90 minutes. Uh but if we look at 2018 to 2019, he was at 0.57, uh 2017 to 2018 0.47 and that's where he's at right now is 0.47. So this is kind of just looks to be pretty much consistently who he's been. Obviously, he's only 24. That can change. And that's what I feel like I had already heard about him before he came over here. You're just hoping that with the firepower of the offense that you're creating more chances than he's going to get his more goals Um, is probably how you're trying to look at it. Uh, I'll tell you somebody that seems to score at will every single minute of his life is er, uh, Erlen Holland <laughs> who scored four <laughs> goals over the weekend. Uh, and he scores has scored more goals than games he's played in the Bundesliga for Dortmund. So, uh, you know, uh, obviously I, w- I would love to see his goal conversion. Let me check that out. Actually see if I can find that. Um, Cause I think that would be how many goals he's scoring per 90 minutes would be pretty, pretty good. Just a sec. Um, but if you want to, if somebody wants to talk about anything while I'm looking this up, this is a perfect time. Yeah, but I think, like, when you, when we're, like, when you look at their attack, though, I, they're, they're so good, I don't think it's going to matter that he, you know, whether he converts or not on goals, I don't think that, you know, it's really going to matter with Chelsea's attack going forward, just because, I mean, when you got, uh, what is his name? Kovacic back, and you've got um, when you've got Zayek and you've got Pulisic and you've got all these guys that end with C. Um, you're you're going to score a lot of goals just because of how right. quick they are, and you just put him on the end of them, and then you're going to create chances. I don't think there's going to be any lack of chances for them to put something on on net. So here it is. Uh, Erling Holland has uh, 1.6 goals per 90 minutes. Robert Lewandowski has 1.81 goals per 90 minutes. <laughs> so they're scoring about every 50 minutes, those two. Um, if you look at uh, the best in the Premier League right now, so let's con- let's compare this to Calvert-Lewin and Son, is Calvert-Lewin has a 1.14 goals per 90 minutes, which means he's scoring around every 79 minutes. And Son has a 1.1, and he's scoring around every 82 Insane. minutes on average. You know, obviously there's games they score like three or whatever, but yeah, so uh, almost doing a whole more than half a goal better than than uh, 
Timo Werner. Obviously, he's going to adapt to the new league. Uh, we're also going to have changes to, uh, like, like Logan said, though, you don't want to rely on one guy typically anyway. Everton's issue, right? Calvert-Lewin has 10. If he doesn't score, then you're you're probably running into um, a problem for them. While Chelsea, you know, Werner doesn't score, but we get one from Tammy Abraham and an own goal, win the game. Oh, I'm going to type in this website real quick. Okay. So, uh, moving on, because we spent a lot of time on one game. Aston Villa 1, Brighton 2. Uh, Danny Welbeck scores 12 minutes in for Brighton. 47 minutes in, Consa scores for Villa. Then March scores 56 minutes in for Brighton. And then Lamptey gets a second yellow, 90 plus one minutes in, and he gets a red card, so he should be suspended for the upcoming match. Uh, any thoughts on these teams? Aston Villa just kind of, you know, they can destroy a team like Liverpool, and then they can lose to Brighton. So uh, it's just, I guess, the flow of 2020, right, Logan? Yeah, and lost last three, or lost three of their last four uh, against teams that... Uh, Mind you, are pretty decent. Um, they lost to Leeds three um, nil. They've lost, now lost to Brighton, uh, and Brighton's played pretty well sometimes, and then other times they've looked completely lost. Um, but yeah, I think you're going to slowly start to see Villa drop back down towards the middle of the table, um, and I think they're the ones, if I remember correctly, um, that have a pretty easy stretch coming up. Um, so maybe they can hang out for a little bit longer. Um, and over the next couple of games, uh, which they play West Ham, Newcastle, Wolves, Burnley, West Brom, Crystal Palace. So those are pretty winnable matches. And that takes them all the way into the new year where they play United and Chelsea just before the new year. So I think that Villa um, hangs out a little bit longer, but you're starting to see a decline. Uh, Matt, any thoughts on these two teams at all? Aston Villa or, or Brighton? Um, you know, Villa kind of are reminding me a little bit of like Brendan Rodgers Liverpool, where they can beat the they can play so well against the the considered top teams and the the harder matches, but then they get these games against teams that are clearly a level below. Um, especially, I mean, you know, you know, Brighton have played decent. They're not the biggest attacking threat, but they have they've been in their games, but still lose. A game like this, it, it does feel very Brendan Rodgers Liverpool esque, um, minus the one year they came in second. Uh, but you know, it's going to keep them. It's going to be a reason why they're not really going to threaten for much. They're going to be back in their mid table here within you know the next. Uh, you know, I, I don't see their matchups coming up as something they can look at and go. We're gonna probably have an easy string here and maybe get some results they're probably going to struggle you know have a game where they play really well i just think they're too inconsistent uh to really see it and losing ross barkley i think is also a pretty big deal um he's played really well for them so to have him go out within that first minute of the game i think was a big effect to it uh so it'll be kind of interesting to see how long he's out and how that affects them uh, but also a good win for brighton something they need um you know, Welbeck's looked good for them as well. So hope, hopefully they continue to play well or at least kind of get out of that relegation area. Um, I always enjoy them being in 
the Premier League because I always think they have the best kits. Uh, I, I like that blue that they wear. Um, so yeah, you know, they, it's a good win for them, and I think it's something they sorely needed. All right. Uh, so Tottenham, Manchester City. I was the closest to getting this prediction right. Uh, I said two to one Spurs. It finished two nil Spurs, and there was a goal ruled out. So I, I'm I'm asking to be handed this this prediction uh, correctly here. Um, five minutes in, Sun scores for Spurs. Then there's a goal ruled out for handball, which I thought was pretty clear. I saw one of the Twitter threads start saying like retweet if you think it's a handball like if you think it's not or whatever and i was like it doesn't even look like it's it that handball yeah it, it was it was <laughs> it was handball right and, and i saw a lot of comments on there saying this one isn't even controversial but people love making controversy 65 minutes in los celso scores for spurs uh i have some stuff from uh robbie earl uh i watched the video down the game but I will let you speak first, Logan, because it came out just a few days before this. Pep is going to be there for two more years. He won re-election. Uh, he re-signed for Manchester City for two years. And uh, they immediately go out and lose to Jose Mourinho, his, his greatest rival in football right. uh you could not write a better script i don't think but uh you have the floor if you need to go off on what i i did not see this game i was too busy watching the real city play and that's orlando city i was watching them play uh and they played a lot better than city yeah so i i watched it back um just because i like to torture myself um and it's one that i watched the condensed game on so because I, I wanted to see uh, like from the sounds of it on Twitter, it was doomsday um, from from the start. But it actually, I mean, for the first four minutes, which isn't saying much, but four minutes in, I mean, you've got a city that looked pretty dominant on the ball. They had possession, which they still own the league's uh, the league's top uh, spot for possession on ball uh, in this campaign, which is what they try to do anyway. Um, but again, I think now what teams have figured out, and this is what Robbie Earl and Jordan about this maybe if not Tottenham's because I watched that one too where he's talking about Tottenham um but I like when you're playing City what teams have figured out is drop six let them do what they want and just let them sit there and try to tinker with the defense because with six in the back you can't break it down with guys like De Bruyne who likes to play the ball over the top and, and run at you but you can't run at six and be successful especially when you're playing so tight on the on the sides because Pep likes those two backs running down the side with Kyle Walker and Cancelo. But because they kind of bottleneck you in, they've got all these guys trying to play through the middle. And even um, Jesus plays through the middle as a striker more than Aguero does. Aguero kind of leaks out towards the sides. And when you, when you do that, it's taking away everything that City is is prepared to do. They have one gear, it seems, and that's the only gear they know is to play that really wide possession football but when you've got six guys you can't spread a six guy back you know the back line of six like you just can't spread them up uh, enough and they were watching like I saw some tactics breakdown where uh Hoiberg was running down the side and he would get you know on the attack and go out and go 
But then when they would come down towards the defense, he would drop back into that spot and play alongside into that back four with the center backs. And then somebody else would leap down and play into a six. Um, but City doesn't have a David Silva. They don't have somebody that can pick apart a defense anymore. And when Sterling doesn't play, it's really noticeable because he's really the only one left right now that's picking apart a defense. And when you play Rodri, you have no choice but to play defensively in the back. You know, once you get into that midfield, holding midfield, they start to suck him back because Rodri's the only one back there. Um, and he's not known for any kind of attack, so he just sits back there. Um, and, and it just seems that City can't score. Like, I don't know. And it's not changing. Like, they drop six back, and Pep still thinks it's okay to play a defensive-minded game with, you know, three guys that he thinks can play on an attack. And, you know, and I, and I think that's part of the problem. And then you go and sign him up for two more years. I would have at least <laughs> waited to see if this was going to continue because this is the worst start they've ever had under him um, and for a long time uh, to drop this many points uh, early on. And then I think that, you know, there's clearly four or five teams that are just a lot better than they are right now. Uh, And I don't see where goals are going to come from until Aguero gets back. And then even then, can he stay healthy enough to play and score goals? So I think it's just a matter of, of, can we score? And if we can't score, hell, we can't even outscore one single player. Um, then, then I don't know where City goes from here. They're going to be, <laughs> they're going to be struggling to find the top four um, if they're not careful if they can't score. Yeah, you kind of alluded to it here. The the video I was talking about, Robbie Earl's video. Uh, you can find it on YouTube on on NBC Sports. But uh, you know. Uh, one of the things he, he he brought up two different things: Kane going deeper, uh, and on Dumbele going forward, and Son and Bergwin going forward. Then has Kane having more options in front of him, and that's something that Jose has been doing, and it's been working. Kane's been getting lots of assists. Son's been getting lots of goals. It's been working. Uh, he also said about what you were talking about: the back six, uh, Suzoko and Hoiberg at times going deeper and almost being a full back six. And at times uh, he was showing a whole bunch of good highlights about Hoiberg, you know, doing stuff that isn't really noticed usually when you're watching the game, Uh, you know, stealing the ball, passing it to Kane, starting an attack, running forward, then also playing defensively at times on a corner. It was like uh, Eric Dyer went forward and then Hoiberg just hung back and did Eric Dyer's job until Dyer came back and they did a little, you know, high five with each other and everything like, so, so it definitely seems like, and, and, and Hoiberg also pointing to players, telling them where to be. He's been very uh, good for the team. It seems like, uh, you know, since he joined um, from, I think it was Southampton Uh, and, and it causing, it seems like Jose actually does have an idea now since he was able to bring in some players that typically Tottenham doesn't really bring in a lot of players. They're bringing in players, and it seems to be fitting what Jose wants, and this team's running like a well-oiled machine right now, uh, which is worrying because Chelsea goes to them and faces their old manager, and I feel like this is Jose revenge tour. He beat Pep, and now he's going on to face uh, Lampard, his former player uh, from his former team, and just get revenge on everybody who has wronged him. Uh, and they beat Manchester United. That was another one. Uh, just just kind of a worrying set of circumstances. But, uh, Matt, your thoughts at all on Tottenham and Manchester City? 
Tottenham definitely looked good for you know playing a game against a relegation you know side, according to Logan. It's, it's um, true, honestly, at this point. <laughs> uh, no, I mean Tottenham. Honestly, they look they they look confident. They look like you know it's that second year Jose magic going on there. You know he's <laughs> something about that second year. He either gets his players to buy into whatever he's selling or. Maybe it's just his system takes a little time to really understand, but you know he has them looking confident and they look dangerous. You know Kane and Son are two of the better players in the league, probably top easily top ten players in the league. Um, and it just it shows City when at the end of the game when the best two shots on goal from City were their center backs. I just think that's concerning, especially with. You know, Aguero's out, and, you know, Jesus does have injury history. Clearly, they need something up top, and I, you know, I don't want to say it's messy because you don't know, but, you know, a player like him would probably do wonders just to get the team getting back to where they need to be because they, they just don't look like the same city side. They don't they don't look threatening with the ball. They, they actually look better defensively than they do attack-wise, and that's weird. Uh, to see from the past few years where their attack was just, you expected them to score four or five goals once they started going. You know, they could score that in 20 minutes. And now it looks like they're struggling just to get the ball into the box. And Tottenham used that to their advantage, and they, they looked good all game. I watched it, and I was like, Tottenham has this pretty well-handed. They don't look like they're going to struggle to win this. And the same thing happened where, where City got down, and they just – couldn't get anything going and with no Sterling until a little bit later and Aguero being out they just it just didn't look like they had anything going I didn't even know Ferran Torres was playing until he was taken out of the game I believe he got subbed off and I was like oh uh, he's playing today I didn't even realize it um and they just they need to regroup and Pep needs to figure something out because I don't believe they're I don't believe they're as bad as they're playing. They still are such a threatening side that if he can just get everybody running on the same page, maybe bring in some sort of attacker in January, not Lionel Messi, because I'm, I'm trying to put that into existence. Jack it's not going to happen. <laughs> um, they, they just need something to get them going. And, you know, once they get going, I, I don't see them... I, I see them back up in that top four, probably battling out for the, for the title, but... Until then, they just they look they look like the I'm trying to even think of the best way to say it. They look like a shadow of themselves. They just kind of look like Pep's Walking Dead at this point. You know, he just needs something to liven up that team to get them back to where they were. But isn't that kind of bullcrap? I mean, in the sense of he is bullcrap. No, I'm just saying. I'm sorry, I'm, t- I'm Jordan, tired don't of yell at me. <laughs> no, no, I'm not yelling at you. I'm I'm tired of all these excuses for Pep all the time and him being like, oh, I need in life to inject into this team. You built the team. You had millions of pounds, hundreds of Thank millions you. of pounds to build a team. Coach, how about Get you him, try George. coaching? Look, <laughs> Jose has been the same way before, but he is not able to usually bring in players when he's at Tottenham right now. Like Tottenham does not have the money to spend like City. And what did he do? He coached. Uh, yes, he brought in a few little pieces here and there for this uh, for this uh, Tottenham team. Bale barely ever sees the pitch still. But you have uh, 
he he's coaching. He's playing a different shape then. He's he's doing things tactically, which I feel like Pep used to do at times, but now he's just like I I don't even know why Pep would sign a two-year deal. He he said that he likes that he has the freedom to kind of, I guess, make signings and he's in a best place to succeed, but he's not succeeding. Uh, I mean, he's won a few titles. City's won titles without him. It, 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 at this point, I, I saw somebody on Twitter say that, you know, you can't really call Pep out on some of this stuff because, uh, you know, he's revolutionized football or whatever. Fine, but he is not. You you can revolutionize it, but if you're then getting beat at your own game on it, then you have to adapt again. And I feel like he's not doing that. He revolutionized this sport when he was back in Barcelona in the early 2000s. Like he he hasn't touched football much since, and and that's the thing too. I don't I don't agree with the people. Like people were praising City, like a bunch of the bloggers and stuff, like Pep, and they're like, well, you know, you you need to respect him because there's not much else out there that's better. Than that, I'm like, I'm not so sure. And I, I think that, like, with as much money as he can spend, and then supposedly there's rumors out there. Um, I mean, they're not rumors, there's news that the owners of City just got three more billion dollars on a deal that they just struck with some oil company. So they're going to get a lot more money to spend. And they said that with this, they think that, and one of the guys that writes, Sam Lee, who writes for Manchester City, who has guys on the inside. They think that the only reason he signed two years is because he's got some kind of confirmation with Messi that that's that that's it. Like those two come and, and they play together for two more years and then both of them leave and they go over to the United States because that's what uh, they think that there's something there. There's no reason for him to go. You know what? I want two more years of this of a rebuild like a rebuild is not. Two years isn't a rebuild. It'd take you three or four years. If you're going to blow it up like they thought that he might, that that takes three or four years. So I don't get where the two-year thing is coming from. And he's like, well, I'd love to stay at City longer, but I still feel like there's this lingering thing. And and it is sad because I think this year is really just dependent on the fact that we didn't get Messi when it seemed like I think City thought they were going to get him. And then it just kind of fizzled. And then now it's kind of reflected on the team like, hey, we don't have this star player anymore that we thought we were going to have. Um, so, but I think that's where it ends up. I think he's got some kind of confirmation from Messi that I'm not going to play with Barcelona. So I have two thoughts on that. One, if if both of them come over to America, if Pep comes over to America, he's in for a rude awakening uh, that they're not going to be able to just drop 300 million pounds on defenders. Uh, no, I agree. And, and he would be a failure if he doesn't adapt. Um Two, if you're the ownership of Manchester City and you just got three billion more dollars to spend, what has he shown you that makes you think that he is worth investing those three billion? He he buys all these defenders that took him how many tries to get it right? They they uh I guess you could argue if they gotten it right. Uh, I mean they've haven't given up too many goals, I guess, but now the offense is lacking. It it's he to me, if I'm the owner, I'm like, yeah, you won us some titles, but we got some of those titles from Pellegrini, from uh, uh, you know Mancini. Uh, what what are you going like? You've made us spend like 300 million pounds on defenders that we've now wasted, and we never recouped the costs on it, and we didn't win stuff with it. It's like, why should I keep Logan? That's like if you. 
when you were doing stocks, if you kept telling me, if I gave you my money and then you were bringing me back losses, me saying, I'm just going to keep giving Logan my money. Like, it doesn't make any sense. No, I totally agree. I don't get... And the defenders was the problem. Now it's the attack. Like, he solved the problem with Ruben. And, and Laporte's a good signing because when he's healthy, he is world-class and he has been healthy recently. Um, and and they, they're a difference. But again, he doesn't have a left back that's any good. Kyle Walker has moments. And then there's moments where he's scary because he tackles people in the box like a football open field tackle. Um, but I, I agree with you. Like, uh, and I don't want to harp too much on it just because it'll take forever just because there's so many problems that they have currently. But again, you have a, a 30-some-year-old striker that is broken. Um, Jesus can't score. He can try to score, but he just he's a good number two striker. He's not ever going to be a number yeah, one. he's not the City. second coming. No, he's not at all. And that's <laughs> what we thought. Like, that's who he promised us. And when I remember when they brought in Cancelo, they thought he was going to be the next coming of uh, the best left back to ever play at City. And he hasn't even been anywhere close. Um, James Milner would be... I'd put him there before I would have just let him walk into Liverpool and ride bikes with Mosul off. But all right, uh, I guess we'll do that because then they're going to get hurt. Because <laughs> we'll move on <laughs> to the other Manchester team. Manchester United win one nil over West Brom. That was at 3 p.m. Saturday, and guess what? It's another Bruno Fernandez penalty kick. 56 minutes in. Now, uh, Matt. There was some controversy here. Can you walk us through? You were texting up a fury here on this game. <laughs> uh, it's more so because I just hate that ref, uh, David Kute. I'm not a not a fan of him after the. Is it Kute or Coot? It's Kute from okay. what everyone was saying. Um, so it it all happened in such a quick succession too. The game was dull. Like there really wasn't much happening. Um, and I don't remember the player. Um, I know Fernandez is the one that kicked the Norwich, not Norwich, West Brom. They have the same colors <laughs> in their away kit. Yeah, um, for whatever reason. <laughs> uh, so Fernandez kicks the guy. The ball is somewhat loose, and Fernandez swings at it, and he, like, barely gets a tip of it. Like, uh, you know, and, and to be fair, if you watch some replays, it might not even look as though in real time, you definitely can't see it. But he then kicks the guy in the shin. And then I I don't know why the guy, the way he reacted was weird because he gets kicked in the shin, but then his other leg goes flailing back. And then he ends up falling. And they call it a penalty. And then they, you know, the ref calls it. And then they go to VAR and VAR tells him to look at the screen. And then he overturns his own call. And Honestly, like some of the penalties that we've seen in the Premier League this year make very little sense compared to how this one got got turned over because it doesn't look like a clear and obvious error for one, and it was the ref changing his mind. And there just wasn't, there really isn't sufficient evidence, in, in my opinion, of it to take that penalty away. And then only for them a few minutes later to have a handball that was a handball, and by nature of the rule, it's a... There was no, I don't see any controversy with the United penalty. It was definitely handball and then 
Hernandez's little hop before he kicks a penalty is clearly throwing refs off or goalies off because I think I've seen like three or four penalty retakes this year on a Fernandez penalty. Um, and honestly, the goalkeeper came off his line both times and he saves it and then he doesn't save it. But that I, it was such a, a big game changer because West Brom were in it. You know, they're a team that's down at the very bottom and I don't know if the guy, this kind of goes back to your issue of does a player need to over-exaggerate what happens just to get a simple foul call inside the box? You know, I know Salah gets kind of hammered by some people over in England and some people on Twitter will like to joke that he falls too easily. But in the end, when you get fouled, you kind of have to make a scene of it to just get a penalty kick. And a lot of people were comparing it also to the end of the Villa-Brighton game with the penalty. I didn't really get to see that one. Um, but from what I read, it was clearly just a complete uh, dive. But this one, you can you can see him get kicked in the shin inside the penalty box. And there's, if any, little ball contact. It, it looks like a clear foul, and it just looks like the ref somehow decided he had made a mistake, and it was a clear and obvious mistake. I, I just I didn't agree with it. I don't think I that ref has had already his share of issues this year and in previous years, and it's starting to just look like he he just can't do the job. I just I, I don't think he can. All righty, um, Sunday, November twenty second, we had Fulham versus Everton. Uh, a little bit of a closer than Everton would like match, I think, here. Uh, as it finished 3-2, 7 a.m., uh, one minute in, Calvert-Lewin gets his ninth of the season. Then you get uh, uh, Bobby Reed scoring 15 minutes in for Fulham. Uh, 29 minutes in, Calvert-Lewin gets his tenth goal of the season. 35 minutes in, Decore gets a goal for Everton. That's all three of their goals. Uh, you get a missed penalty 68 minutes in for Fulham. That's three out of three this season that they've that they've missed. Um, and if you guys haven't seen this one, he he slips uh, just just like uh, <laughs> I don't even know what happened. The ball goes way over the net, uh, way over the bar. He slips, falls on his butt. Uh, and then 70 minutes in, Loftus-Cheek scores to make it 3-2. So Everton survive there. Um, uh, in one of the highlights I was watching, it said for Fulham that they get a penalty kick, but it's not something they would want since they've been so bad at them. Uh, and I guess that's the case. It's usually, and I think they've all been by three different takers as they're trying to find somebody that can convert these. Um what why is it in their heads, Logan, that these Fulham players are missing these penalties and not just missing them, but missing them awfully. They're they're falling, they're hitting it wide, really wide, or uh you know, way over the bar. What is it in Fulham's mentality here in a game that they were pretty close in, even that they would miss so terribly? I think it all just goes, I mean, it stems from, I think, one, the the pressure of being in the Premier League when I, I think out of the teams that were deserving to go to the Premier League, they might have been the least deserving and ended up in it because of the playoff. Um, I think that's got a lot to do with it. I think that just the way that it's 
showing that they're being touted as one of the worst teams that 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 could be in the Premier League or has been in the Premier League for year, in years past. Um, and you know, it just seems like <laughs> every chance that they get to try to screw up, they do. Um, they, they've looked somewhat better than they were, and I think that the the loans and the additions that they made at the transfer deadline were, were decent enough to make them look um, pretty good. But I, I think that again, I think the missed penalty goes. And it goes a lot to like discipline and concentration, and, and maybe Scott Parker just doesn't um, have, you know, the necessary leadership that is needed for the Premier League. Because I think that you know, there's times where even these managers are championship level managers. I think that's got a lot to do with it too. Um, and I think you see, uh, you know, the managerial styles of different uh, guys not working out very well right now in the Premier League. Um, and I think it's harder because you're playing a mix of, of players that don't normally or wouldn't normally play together but because with all the games so close together especially now that they're hitting December um, it'll be really interesting to see but I, I think that that has a lot to do with it. just the pressure of being in the Premier League on the big stage and you've got guys taking penalties that are just not prolific goal scorers um, and that, and that's that's a big problem because I don't think Fulham has anyone that's going to be you know close to double digits and goals obviously um, and that's just somebody that you need if you're going to hang around in the Premier League. All right, Matt, any thoughts on Everton, your crosstown rivals there, as they squeak out a win against Fulham? No, not, not really. It's a good win for them. I mean, they definitely they played really well in the first half, but the second half they just kind of looked like they, they either slowed down or got tired. I don't know. They just they didn't look the same team. Um the one thing I want to say about Fulham is that it's it's such an interesting thing to watch them because it's they can't complete like the simplest of of passes. I'm watching them try to do any type of link up play, and they they just can't do it. But at the same time, I'm like, man, they could score right here. Like they look like they could they like have this weird threatening but non threatening way about them. Like they're not going to score, but they kind of look like they could score, but they also can't string together two passes at the same time it was it was interesting to to watch them play against uh, Everton and just kind of go I don't know if they're gonna win lose draw or get completely blown out all right after that we had Sheffield nil West Ham won this took until the 56th minute for the goal holler uh, scores for West Ham uh, anybody really have any thoughts on either of these teams or are we good to move on to uh Leeds Arsenal. Sheffield are in trouble. <laughs> Big trouble. They Lots are <laughs> they are uh firmly in the bottom half. They are in last place with only one point still, as we'll talk about when we get to the uh you know, standings. But uh yeah, for a team that was so promising last year, they are as we continue to say every week here, uh <laughs> I think we kind of urged caution at the first two weeks, but since then we've kind of been like, okay, something's not right here with, with Sheffield. Um, West Ham gets a, you know, a win that they probably need. They're sitting around eighth. So, uh, Leeds nil Arsenal nil. Uh, I would have thought this one probably would have had some goals. And from what I saw, Leeds was really, uh, 
unlucky not to score. They had tons of chances. Uh, but 51 minutes in, it's a red card from Pepe. Um, very undisciplined moment. It reminds me of uh, another game I was watching on Sunday with the Ravens. Uh, but <laughs> just undisciplined, just heads butts an arse, I mean, a Leeds player and uh, gets uh, VAR reviews it because it, the ref didn't initially see it and it gets a red card here. Uh, this is the player that a lot of Arsenal fans say is better than Christian Pulisic. And I feel like Pepe has actually done nothing at Arsenal at this time. <laughs> Uh, any thoughts at all on Leeds Arsenal or this red card? I think it speaks a lot to Arteta, and I, it seems like he just doesn't have any control. Um, they were talking about this on um, with Robbie Earl and uh, Tim Howard. We're talking about the fact that the team just seems like they have no discipline in the locker room. Um, I forget who it was. Somebody went. One of the guys went to Dubai or something, or when they went to Dubai. Um, there i don't know um but they said that that some of the players had gotten in trouble um just being out past you know curfew or doing things they weren't supposed to be doing and then pepe like just i, I don't know what he was doing um <laughs> he went about five yards to headbutt somebody just because he doesn't like them i guess um and they just said that how undisciplined arsenal look uh and then matt can probably speak wonders to their attack um, because he's wondering where the attack is. Um, and, you know, I think it just it speaks to a young manager, a manager that hasn't, you know, coached this level. Um, I just don't think he has any control of what's going on in that situation. Yeah, the way you just said so undisciplined actually just made me think of um, of Obi-Wan um, from... Uh, <laughs> From uh, this uh, the, uh, general grievous clip, so yeah. uncivilized, <laughs> so yep. so uncivilized. Uh, just the way you said that, um, and it is kind <laughs> of uncivilized as well to just go around headbutting people as well. But uh, yes, Matt, he alluded to it. Your weekly text that says how boring Arsenal is. Let me before you get there, though. I'm gonna keep doing it until it's wrong. Before we get there, Might be there a while. <laughs> they are still they are still above Manchester City, I must say, hey, and that they've actually uh, they've actually <laughs> has the same amount of goal differential. Yeah, I know you have the game in hand, but um, wouldn't you have thought uh, before we get to Matt and his his boring take of the boring soccer? Um, wouldn't you have thought, because the way everybody was talking about Arteta at the beginning of the season, I put him on my watch for manager of the year, thinking that the FA Cup win and the Community Shield win would kind of put some sort of momentum, uh, you know, kind of put some sort of momentum for the, uh, for the team. But instead, it seems like, like you said, they're just not even really into it. Uh, they're they're not disciplined and all of that kind of stuff. So Matt, you can go ahead and talk. Uh, so something that I read on Reddit actually, I like to go on the the soccer subreddit because it's actually kind of interesting to see people talk about the different games without any type of. It really doesn't feel like any favoritism. They they're pretty critical, but also at the same time they'll 
you know, celebrate a, a good goal and stuff like that. But somebody kind of brought up that Arsenal, it's almost as though, like, is our, do, does Arsenal not score because their attack is bad? Or have they put such an emphasis on defense that they basically just don't attempt to, to kind of formulate any type of attack? And at that point, are they a team that, you know, what kind of team does that make them? Are they trying to cover up a deficiency that's causing a, a new deficiency? Are they, are they just bad? Are they, you know, a team that just doesn't have good attackers? You know, they, they have the names. They have, you know, Pepe still is a, a attacking name. You know, you got Lacazette, you got Aubameyang. But are they, are there, is the reason they're playing this style because Arteta just, is so concerned about his defense that he basically sacrifices any type of attack that they have. And it, it made me wonder, like, is that really what he's doing? Is, is it something where they need, you know, or is there something missing in their defense that they're just, they're too worried to leave their. I think they open? have to be. I mean, they have a negative one goal differential. They've given up 10 goals and have only scored nine. I think they are worried a little bit about, uh, the defense. I mean, they have David Luiz. He's not, um, you know, he's not Thiago have, Silva. It, it's it's such an interesting team because, you know, the Gabriel looks good. Um, you know, I know I I read a lot of Arsenal fans. They really want to watch Saliba or Saliba. I'm not sure how you say his name. I know he's a young center back from France. Um, you know, Tierney's supposed to be one of the better left backs in the league. Uh, you know, Bellerin seems to always get you know, big accolades inside the Arsenal circle. I don't, I don't watch them enough, you know, in previous years, but they seem to have decent enough names and Leno always makes good saves, but it's just interesting to watch them and like, think about that, that are they so bad? Are they so worried? Is Arteta so focused on not giving up goals that he's not scoring them? And he just kind of goes, well, this is what I wanted. I just don't want us to give up goals, and then eventually we're going to get the players that allow us to not give up goals but also score a ton of goals. But then at that point, you know, how long is that going to take? What do you need to do to do that? It's, it's just interesting, and they just don't have they don't have a midfield to even process between defense to attack. You know, their big midfielder party is a defensive guy. You know, they're they just there's a lot missing within that team, but it is starting to wonder what's Arteta's vision going forward here and is he going to change it or is are they just going to be a defensive minded kind of hope you get lucky type of team in terms of scoring goals i mean i think he takes after pep i think he does want to play attacking i just don't know if they have the players for that type of setup uh also though it begs the question you know i i understand arsenal fans if they're if they're frustrated at how they're uh, playing, but also they did just win two trophies this year. Uh, even when they played well under Wanger, you know, Wenger, there was times where uh, they had that huge trophy drought um, of like double digit years. So, I like. I guess it begs the question, right? Of what are we focusing on at times? You know, there there's people that will say, "I want to get." There's fans that I don't understand, and we'll ask. I guess I'll ask you guys which ones you are. But there's fans that'll say, "I'd rather get top four than win the FA Cup." 
For me, I'd rather yeah, win a trophy. I'd, I'd rather win a trophy than get a top four because all the top four does is get me in the Champions League. And in most cases, Chelsea ain't winning that. Uh, I think most cases, the- Logan, Manchester City ain't winning that, as we've yeah, seen. But I, think, like, but I think it also just depends on that. So, uh, but like you speak to that, but but honestly, we've won those cups. Um, so we, we've seen success in all those tournaments and those cups. Um, and then also the Premier League, but we've not had Champions League success. So the chance to actually just play and try to win a Champions League is much more enticing to City fans because it's the one thing left that we haven't seen in our lifetime. Whereas Chelsea have the and Liverpool have the riches of being able to to, to do it all. They, they've done you know all the cups. They've won all the um, tournaments that they need to win. They've won Europe. Um, but for City, we're, we're still one of the biggest clubs that just hasn't been successful in Champions League. So I think it's it's a little different for us. But again, I think but Matt put yourself in put put yourself in Arsenal's position, okay? Yeah. Uh, you're in 12th place. Uh, you're still mm. only seven points out of first, right? Mm. And they're only five points out of uh, or four points out of fifth, five points out of fourth. Like th- there's time to make that up, but. You just you did just win two trophies if you're including the Community Shield, which I do as a trophy. Uh, some people don't, but if they don't, the FA Cup, and you won that over your London rivals. Uh, it just seems, um, you know, if people are going to start calling for his head at any point, it's how much more could you actually do if you've won two trophies out of two attempts, pretty much. Um, yeah, you're you're not doing so hot in the league, but there's teams that are just miles better than them, to be honest. Uh, I know this is a weird season, but they don't have the... I look at their team, and I don't see them as being like, oh, they should be top four. Like, right now, I think the top four is pretty close to the top four, pending a City or Manchester United run into the top four as well. But um, just something to think about. I, I think sometimes fans get so roped up into Champions League glory like look everton's owner that wants to make the champions league right i get that you want the money for the champions league but to be honest if i'm an everton fan i just want a trophy right i mean if we get top four if i'm an everton fan and i get top four is everton going to win the champions league no so i'd rather take the guaranteed trophy than have a shot at winning a trophy that is you facing off against the best teams in the whole of Europe when you couldn't even beat the best teams in your league. You know, I agree. Yeah, like, for Arsenal, absolutely, I agree. Like, I think you take the cup and go. Everton, you take the cup and go. Um, you know, even teams like Leicester uh, at this point, I, I mean, I know they're they're competitive, but they're, they're not a top-two team. I don't think, at least in my opinion, from, from what we've seen so far, but... I do think that when your teams like that, you take that and then run, and you also get pretty good kickback for money. Um, whereas some of the big clubs, they they enjoy the money, obviously, but it's not not substantial as term in terms of how much they actually ever spend. So, I think this is a players' issue too. You know, like the only reason Eden Hazard went to Chelsea is because Chelsea won the Champions League that year, or else he was pretty much set to go to City. It sounded like. Um, because Chelsea would have missed out on Champions League uh, soccer. So I get people, players want to play in that too, but like, let's say you look at a team like Arsenal. If Arsenal just snuck up into the... Okay, so let's say 
let's say a team like West Ham sneaks in to the top four, okay? But then you're also offered to go to Arsenal, and they just won the FA Cup. Which one are you going to? You're going to go to the one that maybe can yeah. actually win trophies or the team right. that just snuck into the top four? You know, like, that's the question of on the players as well, I guess. But, Matt, any thoughts on on this topic before we move on? No, I mean, I, I think in terms of, you know, trophy versus spot in the league, I, I, I kind of see it, I guess, in both possible instances where I think in the current year, I would think as a, a team you would want to get the trophy, but also I, I do think making Europe is such a big deal in terms of signing players, especially for teams like an Everton or Arsenal, because I think it's a key to these teams getting possible top talent. Like, I, you know, Ancelotti can definitely recruit, but he's them winning the FA Cup, which, I, you know, in a way, though, if you win the FA Cup, you're also making Europe anyway. So then are, are you going for, like, Champions League only between Arsenal, say, Arsenal Everton making Champions League and winning a cup, or is it just making Europe in general? Champions League, and the reason why I say that is because that, like, a lot of times teams, uh, players are not caring if you're making Europe, if you're talking about Europa League. Uh, okay, so they, yeah, so, so I, I, you know, it, it's it just seems like a weird middle ground where, as a, as a team like an Arsenal or Leicester or, um, you know, Everton, and and in some cases Tottenham too, you know, these teams, I think to get talent that you know, the types that Liverpool, City, and Chelsea all get. I think making Champions League is such a big deal for future years, and it's what they want to strive toward. But when you really aren't up there in terms of talent of those teams, you kind of want to get that FA Cup for the current year you're in. It just seems like it's a, a pr- current year toward future years type of type of deal. And it's, you know, you want to win the trophy, but, you know, getting that spot in Champions League is also going to, get you into further trophy opportunities and better players. So it, it, it's just, it's such a weird duo, uh, like combination of teams or combination of scenarios. Definitely. Uh, Liverpool beat Leicester three nil. Um, Logan, uh, Matt was the closest to this one. Uh, well, his first prediction was three more injuries before the match. Did that happen? No. Okay. Isn't that sad but, that we had to think about that? We're like, oh. <laughs> I know there was probably like one, uh, right? There uh, was. Yeah. <laughs> on, on game day, on game day, Shakiri was announced to uh, be out of the squad due to a possible injury, and they haven't they haven't updated us on that. It can't be possibly in a real Liverpool. They just got to assume. Yeah, it's an injury. We just don't know. <laughs> um. But uh, Matt predicted 3-1, and it was 3-0. Johnny Evans' own goal 21 minutes in. Jota continues his form, scores 41 minutes in, and then 86 minutes, uh, Firmino scores, which feels like his first goal in a long time. Uh, Is that true? I don't have any stats in front of me, but I feel like he's been in a rough rough form there. He's rough patch, but that was his second goal of the year, I believe. Okay. Of the year or season? Uh, season. Okay. Uh, so any thoughts, Matt, on how that went? Lots of injuries. Um, I, I heard, uh, 
Jurgen Klopp go off in the post game match? Did you get to see that? <laughs> that that was pretty good. No, I, I didn't. Um, I, I've seen like bits and pieces of it. I think he's still frustrated with he's frustrated with timing of games, um, especially with the teams in Europe. He's frustrated that he he feels you know if you play Tuesday, you should be playing you know the earlier games. The teams on Wednesday should be playing the later games, and if you play on Thursday, you should be the Monday um, games so that teams aren't getting kind of jumbled up there with a couple of days off. Um, but, yeah, uh, it, it just was another game where it was like something Klopp, Klopp just – even I'm sometimes amazed at what he can get this team to do because, you know, he – I don't know if it's like just amazing recruiting. I don't know what he tells the players, but they just, it was one of those games where from the start, I just was like, yeah, they're going to win this game. I just don't know. It's by how many goals there's like something when you watch some of these games, you watch them and go, okay, they're going to dominate this. It's just a matter of how many goals and is there going to be any controversy or, you know, situation with injury penalty. Um, that would be the only thing that could derail it. Uh, but they just, they play well for him. He, you know, he's becoming easily, I mean, obviously in my time, he's the best coach I've ever watched with, with Liverpool between the three I've seen. And it's just, there's something about him. He just, he has a skill. He's pull, He pulls all the right strings. Um, it's just impressive to watch. And clearly they, they honestly, as a team, they enjoy playing as a team together. They support each other. They're, it's it's just, it's just crazy to watch. It's it's a fun time, and I know it's not always going to be like that as a as a fan of a team. Um, so it's just it's just really enjoyable to watch them play. Um, so yeah, there it's. And my other one thing is that I don't know what it is, but Liverpool know how to play Leicester. Last year they dominated Leicester. This year they've dominated Leicester. I don't know if it's just the builds of the teams, but Liverpool and Leicester is not a good matchup for Leicester. I don't know what it is about the two teams, but they they definitely are not. As a Leicester fan, I don't think I'd enjoy ever seeing the Liverpool games. Um, so, uh, with, with this game here, this, this is what I mean by coaching, right? This is why I think Klopp is the best manager in, in football right now is all these injuries, yes, he's spent money in the past to make this a better team, etc. With all the injuries, with everything that's gone on with Liverpool, they still win, and this is against a good team, a team that's in the top four. They go out there and win 3-0, and this same team beat Manchester City 5-2. Leicester. This is what we're talking about when Logan and I are saying about coaching. And, and I think that this shows it is because not only is it coaching and being a manager, it, it's being a manager in the sense of the players as well. We always joke about Liverpool being all happy, smiley players, but I think that mostly comes from Klopp, who's usually happy, smiley, you know, having a good time. He relaxes the players, I think, but he also has that personality that just makes them want to play for him and it gets them motivated, but he also has the tactics to batch it up. He's match, you know, to back it up. He's not just a rah, rah, rah cheerleader. He's got like, he's so three dimensional when it comes to managing that I feel like, you know, 
I feel like Klopp could go anywhere and be successful, and I feel like Pep couldn't. I don't think Pep could go down to, as we talked about, America, right? But I also don't think he could go to, like, Stevenage in the lower leagues of England and and make it work. But I think Klopp could. Um, I think Klopp would be able to coach them, and I think he would do the whole uh, them wanting to play for him type of thing. Um, it, it just... I guess your thoughts, Logan, on Klopp and, and Liverpool. I'm in total agreement. He's he's by far the best manager in Europe. Um, and, and they oh, they always, like, every time I listen to TV, they talk, they want to talk about Pep. They want to talk about um, Bielsa. They want to talk about um, Ancelotti. They want to talk about Mourinho. The, I'm, they want to talk about all these guys that are, that are just legends, but they, not, they don't really focus on Klopp. And to be honest, if we're looking at how much they spend and stuff and how much of a talent pool that people think they have, they're probably one of the more underrated dominant teams that we've had in Europe in a long time. Cause I think that people just, they, they think they're just so unassuming, but they, he just finds ways. Like you said, I mean, he's gotten help probably the long, he's got like a CVS receipt of injuries. Um, and the way that he's able to put Jota on and, and turn him into what looks like a star um, for Liverpool, um, which, you know, good at, good at Wolves, but, I mean, it makes it look like he can turn just somebody's garbage, and not necessarily garbage, but uh, into gold. And that's something that Pep can't do. Pep needs the shiny players that have been proven to be good, that come with the tutelage of being good. Whereas Jurgen, I think he could take, like, he takes James Milner, and he's nothing at City, but he plays formidable football at, Liverpool and you know City fans used to joke about how bad Milner was but <laughs> it does seem like you said Jordan it seems like he can do about anything he wants with any team that he would want and he can get any player if he had the money that Pep had nobody would beat him I mean they would run the table of people that that you know can't even come close to competing with Liverpool just because of all the players that he's able to collect and the team that he can just put together and make sure that they fit well together. It's it's amazing to watch. All right. Uh, Monday games, as we've been on this for a long time here, Burnley won, Crystal Palace nil, eight minutes in, Chris Wood. Shock result here for Burnley, as that actually gets them out of the relegation zone uh, after Fulham had pulled them down into it. Uh, so... Now Burnley is on a bit of a run here. And then Wolves won, Southampton won. Uh, I had a 2-1 Southampton win. Logan had a 3-1 Wolves win. Matt had a draw, which was right. He had 2-2, though. He took my draw stuff. Uh, but Walcott, 58 minutes in. and Whenever Neto, in doubt, se- take a draw. <laughs> 75 minutes in, Neto scores for the Wolves. Logan, uh, Matt and I were working. Um, what were these games like? Give us the lowdown on these two matches. Yeah, so, um, I mean, with Burnley, it was about as Burnley as you could get. Um, not really anything on attack. And by attack, it was just kind of accidental stuff that just works out well for them. I tell you, Nick Pope is the reason they won that game. Um, and the fact that Wilfred Zaha didn't play. Um, they're just so one-dimensional, both of them. Uh, Crystal Palace needs Wilfred Zaha or they can't score. 
Um, and then Burnley, I'm not sure they usually score on purpose. Um, I'm almost convinced that it's on accident, um, just the way that they play. But uh, Nick Pope played really well. Just scary good again. And he's – I don't understand why Jordan Pickford is England's number one um, when you've got Nick Pope sitting behind him. He's just so ruthless and so not – I mean, maybe that's why, because he's just not a typical England goalkeeper that's going to, you know, melt down in the end. Um, he's so tough. He, he actually – he went in and they got Crystal Palace about uh, tied it because Benteke came flying in and he hit one and they collided. Like Benteke went in with his big head and Nick Pope went in too and they collided and like Pope got bloodied up on the back of his head and he played through it. He sat on the on the field for about two minutes. They went through uh, concussion protocol and stuff and just an, an absolute monster in goal. I don't, I don't under, I'll never understand, I guess, because I don't watch the England team play, but I don't understand why Pickford plays over him. Plus he's not, he doesn't hurt people on purpose. Um, and then uh, the Wolves game, um, it, it just lacked anything really. They, they were just kind of both pretty flat. Um, Southampton didn't create as, you know, chances like they, they normally do. It was cool to see Theo score. Um, it had been two, since like 2006 since he scored with them last, which is really cool just to see him get that goal. Um, but again, they that that game was actually that game was actually more boring, I, I think, than the Burnley game just because Wolves and Southampton just looked tired, flat. I don't know if it was because they had guys coming back from international break um, or how many they had coming back from international break, but they just seemed worn out. Um, but not not really much to say besides that. Just the fact that they, it was very Liverpool, Man City second half. It was just kind of blah. So, not much to go on. All right, uh, top four: Tottenham with twenty points and twelve goal differential. Liverpool with twenty points and five goal differential. Chelsea's in third with eighteen points and a twelve goal differential. And Leicester's in fourth with 18 points and a six-goal differential. So it's kind of a 12-5, 12-6 type of situation there for the teams that are tied on points. Um, bottom three, Fulham fall back down into it. They're in 18th place with four points, negative nine, goal differential. In 19th place, West Brom, three points, minus 12, goal differential. And Sheffield in 20th place with one point, minus 11, goal differential. Current Golden Boot, Calvert-Lewin with 10 goals, Sun with 9, then Salah and Vardy with 8. And uh, now over to our previews. Friday, Black Friday in America here, right after Thanksgiving. Crystal Palace versus Newcastle. Uh, Your predictions, Logan? I think that the PS5 is going to be hard to get. I don't see exactly where I'm going to get it. I do think there's a good chance of the PS5 being available. Um, but oh no 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 oh sorry you were talking about the game. Um, the, yeah yeah okay. not the gaming console but the game. <laughs> <Crystal> Palace. <laughs> um, yeah no I, I think Crystal Palace should they get Zaha? See this is the weirdest thing with COVID. Should they get Zaha back? I think Crystal Palace wins two uh, one. So I'm I'm gonna go two one Crystal Palace. All right, Matt. Um, I think I think Logan does try a few different sites to get the PS5, but I think he <laughs> definitely I think he gets I think he definitely gets it. Um, I would probably put it at PS 
five sites at three, Logan one. So we're <laughs> looking at about the fourth attempt. Um, but in terms of the game, uh, I would pretty much uh, Palace versus Newcastle. Why are Palace playing the like last game of one week and then the first game of the next week? That seems just odd to me. Um, it's what Klopp was complaining about. Yeah, I was going to say Klopp uh, complained. <laughs> yeah, it's just weird. That's, that's such a weird setup. But, um, you know, really, this is, just looks like two teams that similar play styles, similar teams. I, you know, when in doubt, 1-1 one, one draw. It just feels right. I went with a nil-nil draw, so that's interesting. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but this is what Klopp was complaining about. I, we alluded to it. If you watch a video of him, uh, somebody was asking him about the scheduling, and he was upset that, uh, you know, it, it's part of the TV deals because the TV stations decide when the games are. Um, so, that's, you know... That's he, so stupid. It that's is, such a, it uh, is. That's... I mean, we kind of experience it here with some of like the NFL stuff where they can flex games and change stuff. But this is like, you know, so much so that, the, you know, everybody probably in this season where you want to have less midweek games and stuff uh, and the other games going on, you would want some, probably most of the games to be on Saturday, Sunday, no Friday and Mondays. But the TV networks just want the uh, want the money, I guess. Um, Brighton uh, versus Liverpool. That's Saturday, November 28th at 7.30. Then we have City versus Burnley at 10 a.m. Then we get Everton Leeds at 12.30. This is the one I have picked here for the predictions. I think I'm going to go here with an Everton 2-1 victory over Leeds. How about you, Logan? Yeah, so I'm going to say that uh, Calvert-Lewin struggles to score here, so I'm going to give him Leeds the advantage because without Calvert-Lewin, Everton are pretty much a shell of themselves. So I'm going to go with Leeds 3-1. Matthew. I am going opposite of you, Jordan. I'm going 2-1 Leeds. I also think Leeds is... I think their offensive firepower is just going to be too much for Everton. That'd be good. I'd like to see Leeds uh, pull out a, a much-needed victory before they keep falling down even more. West Brom versus Sheffield is at 3 p.m. on Saturday. Sunday, we get some big matches. I'm not talking about relegation-threatened Manchester United. I'm just kidding. They're all the way up to 10th now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Southampton versus Manchester United is at 9 a.m. Chelsea versus Spurs at 11.30 uh, I, I guess I'll predict first. I'm going to go Spurs victory 3-1. Uh, Matt. Uh, you know, that's a tough game because both these teams are just... It's two teams that are just... Honestly, they're on fire, both of them. Um, uh, it's a hard Someone's got to put them I, out. I, I heard this was the matchup during... I think it was the Liverpool game, and I was like, geez, I don't even know who I would think could win this one. Um, I'm still having trouble. You know, when in doubt, two-two draw. I think. <laughs> um, yeah, two-two draw. I, I I can't pick a winner. I they're. I just think they're they're so evenly matched right now. I I think they're crazy good attacks, defenses that you just you aren't 100 percent sure what to expect. Um, but still, 
you know, it's it's just two teams that are playing really well, and two two feels like the right right decision. Uh, Pulisic may be coming back. Uh, my fear here is I think that uh, Jose is just a better manager than Frank. How about you, Logan? Yeah, so Tottenham play on Thursday. Chelsea plays tomorrow. That gives Chelsea a big advantage, I think, especially playing at Stanford Bid or Stanford Bid. Stanford. Lord, really? Stanford, yeah. Tottenham have to play Thursday. Yeah, they play Thursday. I just looked it up. Um, Stanford Bridge, they play tomorrow. So, um, and Chelsea's got their table, I'm pretty sure, in hand. All they need is a point to clinch a spot. So I think that, that I think Chelsea's got the big advantage here um, coming off that. And I think that Son or Kane get the day off against Chelsea, um, possibly, or they just tank Europa. Um, uh, yeah, so I would I, rest I, them in Europe. Uh, yeah, Europe. that's where I would put them. But I, I think, I just think Chelsea's is a lot better. I, I think that. Tottenham are a good team. They're a good side, but I don't know. I'm not convinced that their defense is as good as Chelsea's either. So I'm going to say that I'm going to say Chelsea wins this one 2 0 because I'm going to say that Tottenham kind of fray here and Mourinho can't get it done against his old side. Uh, then we get Arsenal versus Wolverhampton at 2 15. And then Monday, November 30th, the day that we all return back to work, right? Uh, that sucks. Uh, Lester versus Fulham. Well, I mean, Matt, you, you'll I be back on, to work Friday, but <laughs> but you'll be off Saturday and Sunday. But uh, Lester versus Fulham, twelve thirty, and then West Ham versus Aston Villa. This is the one that I have selected here. I am going to go with. Oh boy, I'm going to go with the Ham West Ham on Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, going to pull out a two-one victory over Villa. How about you, Logan? Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on that one. I think the Hammers uh, come out hammering, um, and I think they also get a 2-1 win. Matt. Jordan, when you said the ham, it made me think of uh, the rum ham from It's Always Sunny. um, Yeah, that's who's going to win. Not not West Ham, (laughs) the actual rum ham from Sunny Um, Beach episode. Honestly, I'm going to make it a a trio here because I I think West Ham win 2-1 as well. Wow, uh, that's a boring uh, result there. But uh, so we're definitely one of we're all going to be wrong, right? I mean, <laughs> I can't see a two one. Could you imagine if it funny. actually is two one and we're all right? That would be one for the ages. For sure. <laughs> uh, of course, it'd it be would like, be that wow, <laughs> what happened there? They all three got it right. The fix is in. Yeah, um, be paying. There were some Champions League games coming up, as mentioned, uh, on uh, Tuesday. Ren versus Chelsea. Um, we get United versus uh, Istanbul. Uh, that's the Those are the English games on Tuesday. Not a lot of big games on Tuesday, really. Um, maybe PSG RB Leipzig is the closest to a big game on Tuesday. Um Wednesday, we get uh, Manchester City versus Olympiacos. Uh, Bayern versus Salzburg looks pretty cool. Uh, Bayern probably going to win, as always, though. Then Liverpool versus Atalanta. And that is all of the English games for uh, the Champions League. Europa League here, we do have on Thursday, as alluded to, uh, Tottenham facing off against uh where is it i just had it here 
Jeez, where are they? Oh, there's three pages of games here. Okay, Ludogorets. They face Ludogorets. Uh, Leicester faces off against Braga. Arsenal against Molda. Um, is that everybody for the English teams? I think so. I may have missed one. I don't know. Maybe it's just those three. I think it might just be three teams in there. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see who clinches and who doesn't. Um, but that about wraps us up here. If you want to follow us, you can follow us on Twitter at Stoppage Show. Uh, what facebook.com slash stoppage time soccer show uh gmail is stoppage time show at gmail i believe i don't even know uh and instagram stoppage time soccer show on there and yeah that wraps up have a great rest of your week enjoy your holidays if you're an american listening to us enjoy thanksgiving uh if you're not from america enjoy the rest of your work week and we'll catch you all next time Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show and listen to us recap the English Premier League from our perspective. We'll also be talking some Champions League and any other leagues that impact world soccer.